Netcasts you love. From people you trust. This is Twit. Bandwidth for Tech News Today is provided by Cashfly at C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com. is Tech News Today for Wednesday, May 25th, 2011. Tech News Today is brought to you by Squarespace.com, the fast and easy way to create a high-quality website or blog. For a free 14-day trial, go to Squarespace.com slash TNT and be sure to check out their annual plans for savings of up to 20% off. Welcome to Tech News Today. I'm Tom Merritt. I'm Sarah Lane. I'm Ayaz Akhtar. I'm Jason Howell. And this is the show where we kick around the Tech News of the Day along with you and try to make some damn sense of it. Mm-hmm. What is going on? In the, in the tech soup. What's in that pot? Tech soup. Isn't there a show called Tech Soup? I don't know. Possibly. Should be. There used to be. I don't there, know if it's still there's, on. There's, there's talk soup talk and there's soup. web soup. Yeah. Well, well maybe soup. I was thinking of web soup. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, if there's not a show called Tech Soup, there will be now. Yeah. Facebook is going to launch a music service with Spotify, or so sources close to the deal tell Forbes. Uh, within the next couple of weeks, Facebook will partner with Spotify. Users will see a Spotify icon on the left side of the news feed. Uh, that would let Facebook users listen to music not only in their Facebook profile, but at the same time as friends. You know, when I first saw the story, I was like, wow, Facebook and Spotify are teaming up. But I mean, this doesn't really change all the limitations that Spotify already has. One being that you can't use it in the U.S., which is obviously a huge market. And you'd still need a Spotify account. So what they're really just trying to do is get more visible to all of Facebook's millions and millions of members in hopes that someone will buy a premium Spotify account. Yeah, it's like access, what it sounds like to me. It's like access to Spotify via Facebook. I mean, it sounds much sexier to say they're partnering up. Something huge is going to happen. Yeah. But it means you'll be able to have access. And we were all kind of making fun of the whole idea of socially listening to music. Like, I mean, people do it in concerts, right? I mean, they obviously are all together and listen to the same performance. Do you think that, that would be a, a way to make that make more sense? Like social music? I think, I think to capture live? that feeling uh, when you're listening to the same song as someone else on Facebook and you're in chat, you should type in all caps. <laughs> but that, I mean, I guess that's what it, it's, mo- it's mostly for people who are like hanging out on Facebook chatting, seeing who, who else is online, and spending a, a large amount of time on the site, not just like, oh, I'll check my Facebook messages and then get out and do something else. I, it, it could be it could be that. It could be like, hey, check out this song. It could also be the new mixtape. You know, you're separated by thousands of miles. But you're like, hey, I made a playlist for you. Let's listen to it together on Facebook. But you can do that without Facebook. So... I guess it, it's it's really for folks who like a lot of Facebook apps, I guess. Yeah, and Facebook apps, I mean, Spotify's no dummy. They know that Facebook sure. apps can launch you into the stratosphere. Zynga, uh, obviously, has built their business off of apps on Facebook. Uh, They're now the second most valuable U.S. game developer. Uh, SharePost, Inc., uh, a private company stock exchange, estimates the value of Facebook, or, uh, of Zynga at $8.2 billion. Yeah, the Shares Post also valued LinkedIn at $3 billion before it went public, and that went out somewhere around $9 billion in, in market capitalization. So who knows what Zynga is really worth in, in, in the real world. Uh, I mean, this is obviously, Shares Post is based on when you're privately sharing stuff. Like, this, these, these stocks don't really have a lot of market outside of people within Zynga. Yeah, but, uh, but the point being... Zynga uh, worth a lot of money now, however you calculate it, and they they built the business on Facebook. So this is going to be a good thing for Spotify. 
Uh, it's it's interesting too that Zynga built a business around Facebook and looks like it's going to IPO before Facebook. Both companies have been rumored to IPO sooner rather than later. Zynga possibly as early as next week. This is going to be a good thing for Spotify because they're going to be on the Facebook platform. Uh, it's already been a good thing for Zynga. All right, and then Facebook could be worth what quadrillions of dollars again. That's my my estimate on this. Facebook. If it ever goes public. Oh, right. Yeah. No, Qu- face- quadrillions. Quadrillions. Yes. That's okay. the word I'm using. I think right. that's a fair. Uh, an- we'll put that out. If Zing from, is worth 8.2. From TNT analysts, our estimation is. <laughs> quadrillions. Making up words. Several quadrillions. Uh, almost as if confirming this, Mark Zuckerberg went on stage in Paris at the EG8 and said, Hey, you know, listening to music is something people do with their friends. Movies, TV, news, books, those types of things are things I think people naturally do with their friends. I hope we can play a part in enabling those new companies to get built and companies that are out there, Spotify, producing this great content to become more social. Yeah, you know, movies, definitely something that I do with friends. Books, less so. I mean, I might talk about a book that I like with a friend after the fact. So it's a it's a different kind of social than going to a movie theater and watching a movie <laughs> yeah, with I a bunch of friends. Do you talk about the movie during the movie when you're in the... You, oh, you're that person no, in the back? No, I'm that person going, shh, shh Oh, okay. If you do Movies that. aren't terribly social in the theater. You're quiet. You're watching a movie. Well, right? But you're watching them together. Yeah, and then afterwards, we could all read a book at the same it. time and you wait. <laughs> it's not the same. <laughs> sure it is. It's like a book club. You meet you're when you... T- I'm not talking about actually literally let's all sit down and read. <laughs> no, okay. I, I, I'll take the book club point as a very good one. Like, well, yeah, think, it's sites a like, Sites like Goodreads uh, end up being you know very successful socially. I was, I'm like, we don't all sit down and like, all right, are you on page five? All right, page, page six. No. Can you imagine, like, if you're a fast reader, you'd be like, you're going to love page six. It's so funny. It's, it's going to be so Let funny. Let me know when you get there. Yeah. No, if you're a fast you're reader, not laughing, you're sitting you there get... like, hurry up. I'm ready to turn the page. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> All right. Also speaking at the EG8, uh, Copy Fighter and EFF co-founder John Perry Barlow participated in a panel on intellectual property with the heads of 20th Century Fox Movie Studio, Universal Music France, Bertelsmann, the publisher, and a French uh, book publisher. And Barlow just went off on them. He said, I may be one of the very few people in this room who actually makes his living personally by creating what these gentlemen are pleased to call intellectual property. I don't regard my expression as a form of property. Property is something that can be taken from me. If I don't have it, somebody else does. Expression is not like that. The notion that expression is like that is entirely a consequence of taking a system of expression and transporting it around, which was necessary before there was the Internet, which has the capacity to do this infinitely at almost no cost. So he's trying to make the argument that intellectual property is, is a misnomer. And using those words does not help the debate, even though that's what our law is called. Uh, it, it's creating a false apprehension of what needs to be going on here. And, and to be clear, he wants people to make money off of content. I mean, it's but very, he's saying treating content as property is not the way to go about that's it. That's a very high-level argument, though. I mean, the, the way intellectual property rights even came to be, the idea of likening it to something that existed already was very difficult. They're like, well, it's called intellectual property. And property rights are a bundle of rights. They're different pieces to it. That's why they're copyrights. So, I mean, 
I don't think he's so far off, but this is a much larger argument when it comes to intellectual property being defined at all. He says, uh, he goes on to say, trying to optimize towards scarcity, as you are, by all your methods, is not going to be in the benefit of creation, I promise you. It's not IP enforcement that gets you guys properly paid. Uh, in Barlow's view, payment comes from building a product that people actually want to buy. And the movie industry he uses as an example uh, because they've had record box office takes in recent years showing that people have no problem coughing up the cash for something of value. The experience of going to a theater, and like we were just saying, sitting down and watching it in a big theater with friends in a way that you couldn't any other way. Uh, he says, I'm not against being compensated for what you do. Of course, the guys on this panel, they did not like uh, what John Perry Barlow was, was no, dishing and out. No, in fact, it's, it sounds like, I mean, from the folks who were there, um, that, that they were all a little... Uh, surprised when he opened his mouth. He was like the last person to speak on the panel and went, actually, you know what? I think this is all a bunch of hoonanny. Um, the, you know, the problem he is... He may very well have used that word, too. He may have. I, I don't, He's a I'm, rancher I'm paraphrasing, now, you know. of course. You know, it's, it's interesting. John Perry Barlow is... He has... Um, Ties to the music industry of right. composing music. He's he an wrote some author. lyrics for the Grateful Dead. So I mean, he's definitely somebody who does create things from scratch as a form of expression. I have to assume that he's gotten compensated for writing things in the past. So it's like he can certainly come from the argument of like I'm I'm not just working for free here. I mean, I understand that you have to make a living doing this sort of stuff. What what um, what many of the labels um, and the folks who are arguing the other side of things. Um, uh, are doing though is is stifling creativity. Um, See, I think that's kind of strange because of all this enforcement based on intellectual property and, and the fact that I couldn't access movies when I wanted to or whatever. I wound up looking at podcasts and other creative outlets that that were giving out the uh, their products for free. So you were, you were able to find more things because well these jerks weren't giving you access. So I mean in one respect I'm like hey that's well great for us because we get to do another show. But I mean. I think it's actually kind of fostering creativity in a whole other kind of counterculture. Well, but I think what Barlow might say to that, uh, and I don't pretend to speak for him, but is, is that uh, what you're describing is exactly what he's saying needs to happen, which is you go out and you make content unencumbered and you put it out there and you get people to pay for it some way. In right. other words, we're not, we in the podcasting community, for the most part, are not for strict intellectual property laws because we don't need them. Yeah, I'm, we need some intellectual property, but we're not out there putting digital rights management on stuff. We're not the yeah. ones trying to stop people from spreading our content. We want people to spread our content because we want more people to see it. And what Barlow is trying to say is, I think you'd say, look at the podcasters. These are the guys who get it, that the Internet is an infinitely copyable medium and trying to create artificial scarcity is not the way to make your business. He also had some good cracks uh, because uh, Universal Music representative said, look, you know, it, it, in the world you're talking about, we're not going to be able to create the $5 billion we need to develop talent uh, to, to create the music industry we have. And Barlow said, if you're spending $5 billion on new artists, we're not getting our money's worth. Well, you know, again, as podcasters, I think we can agree that you can put something together that isn't, isn't uh, $5 billion uh, in the hole. But yeah, I mean, that it's it's... I kind of I gotta hand it to him, I and mean, it sounds like he he took everybody by surprise. He got some some cheers from the audience because he um, he was just kind of a maverick up there. Sorry to quote Sarah Palin, but um, but I thought but, you but were he, quoting Maverick. <laughs> yeah, the character. Maybe I was. Maybe I was. But uh, but but his whole point is like the Universals and the Bertelsmans. I mean, they're these people who are demanding a certain amount of money. It's like. Where's your creativity, you guys? Why do you get to set the rules for all of these people who are getting stifled 
based on something that's rather outdated. So kudos to him. All right, let's take a uh, quick break and thank our sponsor, Squarespace. If you want to start a blog unencumbered, you want to create some content on the internet, you can do it really fast and really cheap and really easy. Go to squarespace.com. It is the fast and easy way to create a high-quality website or blog. They have an easy-to-use UI. You can be in there starting a, you know, free the internet blog or, or perhaps you, you hate everything that John Perry Barlow stands for, and you can start an anti-Barlow blog if you wanted to. Whatever content you want to express, though, you can do it on Squarespace, uh, and they'll make it look good. Hundreds of design templates to choose from. Uh, customize any of the designs to fit your needs. Beautiful iPhone and iPad apps for updating your blog. I use it for forecast. I use it for sword and laser. It's so easy to pop in there. The sites look good. I can add podcasts. I can add Flickr photos. Uh, and if I ever want to uh, import a blog into Squarespace, I can do that. They have a WordPress, Blogger, Movable Type, and TypePad importer. And you get export data portability. If you want to take your blog with you somewhere else, you can. They're not sure. Tr- they believe in this freedom of data. They're not trying to put artificial restraints because they know that the best way to get you to stay with them is to give you the ability to do whatever you want with your data. So check out squarespace.com. You get 14 days for free. Uh, I think that's enough to try it out and realize that it's going to be a good thing for you if you're starting a blog. Sign up for a free account right now. Uh, go to squarespace.com slash TNT. And after you try it out, be sure to check out the annual plans. You can get a savings of up to 20% off when you buy a year at a time. We thank Squarespace for their support of Tech News Today. On to Apple malware. Remember, it used to be like, Apple has a virus. Well, it's not really a virus. And then, like, slowly over the years, we've gotten used to the fact that there might be some malware. And now, Apple has real malware and has been avoiding announcing that they admit that it exists for a couple weeks. Finally, they posted an online support document Tuesday evening. Uh, instructing uh, you how to identify the program, how to get rid of it, and promising an update will come soon that will hunt out and remove Mac Defender. That's just in time for us to discover today MacGuard, as reported by Intego, uh, making the rounds via SEO poisoning. So essentially you can click on the wrong link. It's embedded in there. Any user can install software in the applications folder without a password, and that's what MacGuard takes advantage of. The package installs an application. Uh, the downloader is named AV Runner, which then launches automatically. At the same time, the installation package deletes itself from your desktop. I kind of wish more legitimate programs would delete themselves from my desktop, but yeah, that's well. probably not safe. Anyway, uh, it deletes itself from the desktop, so no traces of the original installer are left behind. Uh, they advise, Intego advises right now, if you're using Safari, turn off the option that says open safe files after downloading because apparently even unsafe files could be opened after downloading like MacGuard and install themselves without you ever knowing because it doesn't have to ask for your administrative rights. Is SEO poisoning this new thing that I'm just now hearing about? Where nah, they, it's they, been around for a while. And they just, they just use enough keywords so that they float up uh, to the top when someone searches on something and then they just get there by accident? Yeah, it's good it's, stuff. It's uh, it's it's probably older than uh, Mac malware. Yeah, <laughs> let's put it that way. Yeah. Uh, Matt and uh, Apple's going to have to uh, identify, have to respond to this now as well. well. Yeah, I mean Mac Mac Defender was was different in the fact that you would have to type in your admin password and everything, and this because uh, it was going to the higher level applications folder. Because in in Mac OS X, there's actually like two. There's one applications folder for 
well, all users and there's one for your user. And so in MacGuard, it goes to that one app, to that one user. That way, it doesn't need a password. It gets in there. And uh, Apple solving this via software update, which just means that you should be using your software update. I know, I know a lot of people don't even use that because mm-hmm. Safari at one point had the open safe files after downloading checkbox on by default. So you were just opening up DMGs and everything left and right because it was a safe file. Then they had a, a patch. They changed that, so that was turned off. So I mean, it, it's. It's the same thing where we tell Windows users and everybody, keep your software updated, especially your operating system. F-Secure reports that there's a scam going around uh, where they're just broadcasting out some spam that says your App Store order has been canceled. And uh, to click here if you want more of order information. And that, of course, is, is a little bit of uh, social engineering to get you to click on a, on a bad link. Uh, so- it goes to an online drugstore, though, and I mean, when you look at the <laughs> screenshot of the email that yeah. people are getting, it doesn't look like anything that Apple... I, I get receipts from, from iTunes App Store all the time. I mean, I wouldn't even go past this, but even if you did, clearly the online drugstore has nothing to do with Apple. But this I kind mean, of spam be needs naive. a very small percentage of response to pay off. Totally. And so there's right. just enough naive people out there. But yeah. what's interesting is Apple has been... Uh, a low enough percentage of users in the past that for scams like this, it wasn't worth it to right. work. Mm-hmm. So for this kind of scam to be tried, that means there's enough people out there using the Apple App Store now, they're a target. Mm-hmm. Apple is no longer security through obscurity. That's true. So now they actually have to be secure, flat out. They actually have to be really secure, not not just obscure. It's going to become... Apple, ob- finally not obscure. Yeah, they've made it. Congratulations. <laughs> Enjoy your pain. Yahoo's Investor Day. Speaking of pain. Uh, started today. CEO Carol Bartz, co-founder Jerry Yang, and CFO Tim Morse defended themselves for 45 minutes against questions over Alibaba's divestiture of Alipay. Uh, Alipay is an online payment service in China. Yahoo owns 43% of Alibaba, and as we've mentioned before, uh, somewhere around 75% of the valuation of Yahoo is thought to be tied up in their investment in Alibaba. And if they no longer own Alipay, which is one of the most valuable things Alibaba owned, that hurts the Yahoo valuation. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they pretty much only gave two answers when they were hit with questions about this. One, Yahoo is working with SoftBank and Alibaba to make sure that they get appropriate compensation for Alipay. And... They emphasize that Alibaba said the transfer was done in order to meet Chinese regulations regarding foreign ownership of online payment companies. And so there was nothing they could do about it. A lot of the investors were trying to ask, why didn't you know about this ahead of time? It seems like you were taken by surprise. And they went all Mark McGuire and said, we're not here to talk about the past. Uh Uh-huh. that, There was a piece in Forbes talking about all the deals between Yahoo and uh, Jack Ma, who's running Alibaba. And basically, it shows that Yahoo didn't seem to have a really good relationship with these guys. Even though they're really, really invested in El- Alibaba, they they apparently couldn't come to any agreements whatsoever. Even when Yahoo came up with the idea in the first place, they're like, here, we want an offer. And then Alibaba tried, and they said no. So it kept going back and forth. So if they were being truthful in the Yahoo investor uh, call or, or the meeting, it pretty much would be like, nobody wants to work with us because we're jerks. So, yeah. I mean, it could, it could be both. I mean, it could be that the relationship was strained, and that they did know that this could happen, but why talk to investors about something that could potentially happen and freak everybody out until they have to? 
So, and so that's they obviously where they are. Until they have to, and then they freak everybody out. Well, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, you don't want to oh, you don't want to freak method. anybody out if it's not going to happen. If for some reason Alipay doesn't get spun off, I mean, why even bring it into anybody's, mm-hmm. into the thought process? Because they own your company and you're supposed to tell your investors things? They did tell them eventually. But I mean, you can't just talk about every, <laughs> Eventually, I like you that. You can't just spend all this time talking about potential scenarios that never come to light. I mean, you could, but that doesn't really bode well. It makes for fun reading, I think. <laughs> yeah, good times. This is for the investors, in the not quarterly, for you. In the quarterly report, there should be all kinds of this might happen. I mean, they're supposed to explain a lot of information, those quarterlies. Mm-hmm. So it seemed a little weird that they kind of held off on saying, oh, by the way, we knew this happened in March. Oh, and then the newspapers reported it. Now we'll tell you about it. Like, they kind of waited a long time before they told about this uh, divestiture of Alipay. I, um, I somebody just asked a, a pertinent question in the chat room about you know a, acknowledging things and, and announcing things. Have we gone a whole day without a Sony hack? Hmm. Knock, Knock on, on for Micah. Whatever this is, I'm looking. I think it, I think it might be Let's particle just keep board. Going. Knock keep going. on particle it's like, board. It's like one of those things with the picture. You don't say it until later. Don't. Uh, so yeah, all things D says Sony can't catch a break from the hacker set, but it isn't talking about any new. Uh, breaches. Yeah, making the news today is all that Canada stuff that we talked about yesterday. Yeah. Ooh. Can we make it through an entire show without Shh. the story? Okay, let's talk taxes because everybody loves taxes. I love taxes. Paying them, getting yep. them. It's good times. Any of them. What's wrong with you people? All of them. I used to live in the great state of Texas <laughs> where they didn't tax me. I didn't have state Ooh. income tax. Uh, Representative Dennis Ross of the United States of America has uh, decided to push for a bill that would prevent discriminatory and multiple taxes. Uh, This is regarding the internet specifically. A discriminatory tax would be a tax imposed by a state or local jurisdiction at a higher rate than is generally imposed on the non-internet stuff. So you can't tax tires at a higher rate just because you're buying them on the internet. A multiple tax would be defined as one in which a state or locality gives no credit or respect to a tax that was previously paid on or with respect to the sale or use of such digital goods or service to another state or local jurisdiction. That's basically saying, I got, I paid sales tax on this in Tennessee. I shouldn't have to pay them in Kentucky also. Once yes. I've paid sales tax once, once, I should only have to pay it once. And then a specific limit on taxation, which basically says uh, any tax on the sale of digital goods and services can only be imposed on the state and its localities whose territorial limits encompass the customer's tax address. So if I say I live in San Rafael, California, I can only be charged tax by the city of San Rafael, the county of Marin, and the state of California. I can't be charged tax by Texas, for instance. Yeah, it's where you filed your taxes from, not from where the warehouse is. Yeah, where your address is, which... That would, again, prevent multiple taxation because uh, Representative uh, Ross describes this horror story of you're sitting in the Dulles Airport in Virginia and you order uh, something online from Apple, who's in California, but the server that delivers your your receipt is in Oklahoma and you live in Florida. You could, under current law, potentially pay taxes in four states. Is that happening anywhere though i mean this is potential but this isn't actually happening to anybody this is just all a matter of getting the squashed before states go hmm, we could make some money off of these people yeah because- right now it's it's all being done under the catalog ordering uh system which basically says if you know and there and there have been some supreme court decisions preserving that saying uh if you are conducting a brick and mortar business then you can cl- 
require sales taxes to be collected, mm-hmm. but you can't require sales tax to be collected from a business that doesn't exist in your state. Yeah, and theoretically, if, if states were allowed to do this whole multiple tax thing, you wouldn't want to shop online when you were out of state. You'd be like, okay, forget it. I'm not using this. And uh, the, this legislation is, is supported by the Download Fairness Coalition, which has some uh, interesting members, Apple, mm-hmm. Verizon, mm-hmm. and Amazon. Because, I mean, of course, Amazon oh, yeah. wants you to buy online no matter where you are, even if you're in the air and you have Wi-Fi. They don't care where you are. They want you to buy stuff. So, I mean, obviously, it's to their advantage for this kind of law to be there because they, excuse me, they want you to buy stuff online all the time. And, and up till now, states have been loath to want to tax Internet differently because uh, they, they see it as wanting to foster business. But I think businesses have been so successful online uh, that now states are looking at it and the states are in, in such bad shape financially. Right. They're like... Maybe we should start taxing that a little more. So even with the court decisions about physical presence, you could say, oh, well, the server was in Oklahoma, so you have a physical presence there. We're going to collect taxes. You live in Florida. You have a physical presence there. You were in Virginia when you ordered it. There's your physical, you know, where that, that's why that horror story is related. But, yeah, I don't think anything like that is happening. This is all going to have to be worked out. I mean, I think Amazon is currently suing North Carolina yeah. because North Carolina wants all the names of people who bought stuff from Amazon and didn't pay sales tax because North Carolina would like to make some money. Yeah. So it's, I mean, there they needs have to be to some sort of precedent They wouldn't even here. have to take a catalog of that information. They're like, okay, we don't care. Because they, they say they're in North Carolina, then they're going to pay there. Because if there's a North Carolina law. Yeah, but they want to they go after them. Well, they'd be, well. They want to go after the people they don't know. They? They being the state of North Carolina. Mm. They want, the residents. Like, they they want to Am- go after their residents. They want Amazon to whistleblow. Well, they would have to at this point. They, yeah. they would actually know, though. The Amazon would go, oh, North Carolina has this tax. We're going to charge you for it. At least they'll be able to cover it. Yeah. At least they'll know which state is doing what. As opposed to now, they'll say, oh, where are you, by the way? Are you in your own state? I don't know. Like, they have to, Amazon would have to keep track of a lot of different pieces of information. And well, that's why they're yanking taxes. their affiliate programs in, in certain states right. because it's just too much work for Amazon to try to collect all of the, the... Poor Amazon. They don't have enough time or money to I take know. care of such things. Poor Amazon. So they'll back legislation. Failures. Poor states. I mean, literally, they're poor. Yes. That's why they would collect California, these taxes. Our, our very broke. own state. No money. Uh, somebody who's not poor is Peter Thiel, who wants to give uh, geniuses $100,000 to quit college and start their own businesses. Apple Store people? If you don't know, not those kind of geniuses. Uh, Peter Thiel is the founder of PayPal. He was an early investor in Facebook, and he has started something called the Thiel Fellowship, 20 under 20, which has selected 20 students between the ages of 14 and 20. Each will get $100,000 to drop out of college and start a business. Now, we had this go around upstairs like, wait a minute, 14 years old. You can't even drop out of school you, legally you at 14. Yeah, exactly. It's Unless, 16. Uh, who is this, this one uh, woman who has already gone to MIT when she was 14? Uh, so that's why I said geniuses, uh, because there are some some like prodigies who've already gone to college and they're not even Laura 16 Demi. years old. Right. Yeah, thank you, Laura. So the, the whole idea is not you should stop educating yourself and I'll give you $100,000 just to see if you can come up with something else. It's for people who apply. Yeah, it's it's for people that Peter Thiel feels deserve $100,000 to start a business and would benefit more from that than they would from staying in college because he he thinks education in the country is broken uh, and that people are wasting their money on there's it. plenty of famous you know tech dropouts there's bill gates there's steve uh, jobs zuckerberg i mean Mark these guys zuckerberg. are kind of doing well for themselves maybe if they were just given money outright instead of having to work with uh, who does zuckerberg have to work with that he the other guy who claims he owns 50 percent of facebook remember that guy's name 
Oh, you mean the guy, the the roofer or the wood chipper? Yeah, the guy? wood chipper guy. Yeah. I mean, maybe they would instead if they had instead of having to get a thousand dollars from the wood chipper guy, they and could then go to Peter with that. Thiel and say, yeah. "Hey, give us a hundred thousand dollars. I have a business idea. Let me do this instead." Peter and, Thiel gave Zuckerberg five hundred thousand dollars early investor early early on. Yeah, I mean, assuming that Peter Thiel is so going to look really closely at at the people who who could possibly benefit from this and 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 take some responsibility into making really good choices for investing and not some kid who's got a good idea but actually probably should be staying in school kind of thing. I mean, this this would this would be a great project for the right kid. Does Peter Thiel? I get, say kid, but I mean under twenty. Does Peter Thiel get anything out of this? Like fifty percent ownership of whatever you develop? Oh, I'm sure. Oh, I'm, I'm sure, sure he gets got something. A large piece. I'm sure he gets a little piece of every action for sure. Uh, I, you know, and and a lot of people think this is controversial because they don't think that Paul Thiel's message should be going out there saying you shouldn't go to school. That right. there are better ways. But he's trying to raise awareness in the brokenness of the education system. So you can make the other argument that he's not saying that kids should drop out of school. He's saying we need to fix our educational system. This is all also kind of just a gimmicky way to be an angel investor it kind of is it's like i you know you got a good idea i'll give you some money well people already do that he's just saying and you're under 20 we uh would like to appeal to you to become an angel investor in the news feud (laughs) this morning the xbox live marketplace was experiencing outages Uh uh-huh microsoft says the cause is an internal operational error. That's Sound dun, dun. familiar? Users had issues with browsing indie games on the 360 or, or Xbox.com and browsing games for Windows, but you could still play online. So it wasn't quite the outage that the PlayStation Network had. Microsoft seems to have made progress, but there is still a service alert listed at the Xbox Live site. Conspiracy theorists everywhere are probably blaming bored Sony hackers who are just like, I don't know, let's, let's try to hack Xbox, Xbox now. Live. Sony's too fun. easy. Amazon responded to Barnes & Noble's new Simple Touch Reader by offering a 3G Kindle for $164. That's a price drop. That price drop is subsidized since you'll get served ads with the cheaper Kindle. Kindle battery life also doubled last night. Boom! Wow. Amazon recalculated its battery life numbers using Barnes & Noble's method, half an hour of reading per day. And guess what? Now the Kindle battery life is two months long, as long as wireless is turned off. The Kindle got more They're amazing. They're like, you guys aren't better than us. We're going to double our battery life right now. Just by changing math. Yeah. Twitter says if it has to hand over data about its users, it will alert its users first. This statement stems from tweets about a UK celebrity controversy covered by a super injunction. A super injunction stops the press from reporting about the controversy, and the existence of the super injunction is also unreportable. Tony Wang, general manager of Twitter's European operations, says Mm -hmm. platforms should have responsibility not to defend the user, but to protect that user's right to defend him or herself. That Tony Wang is busy. Apparently, Steve Ballmer doesn't speak for Microsoft officially. Uh, Recently, Ballmer mentioned that the next version of Windows will be called Windows 8, and the company is looking forward to the new Windows system next year. A spokesperson for the company said, "Um, it appears there was a misstatement to date. We have yet to formally announce any timing or naming for the next version of Windows. Don't listen to the chair-throwing red-faced ball." And then that that spokesman was was never seen or heard from again. That's right. He was unpersoned. (laughs) Minecraft is coming to Android and iOS. Woohoo! But if you're a Sony Ericsson Xperia Play owner, you'll get it first. The game will be customized for the Play's controller, but launch date and pricing have yet to be revealed. Perhaps the Minecraft devs are waiting for a giant gaming event to make an announcement. If only there was a giant uh, gaming... Oh, wait. Penny Arcade Expo is a while There long, is long, a long. giant gaming event coming there soon. There it's is? called E3. Oh, that one. 
Didn't that used to just be in a hotel room a couple years ago? Possibly. It's it's a little bigger than that now. Actually, it's smaller than it was. It's smaller, it's bigger. It's yeah. It's bigger on the inside. It waxes and wanes, but it's still like there. market share. Acer's share of the PC market dropped 20.4% in the first quarter of this year compared to Q1 of 2010. IHS iSupply thinks that the iPad and other tablets are responsible for gobbling up Acer's market share since Acer heavily relied on netbooks. An NPD report stated that the majority of iPad purchasers weren't even in the market for a PC, but a new Retrievo study says that the iPad took away one out of every three netbook sales, so maybe iSupply is right. Game Realm company Gamefly has acquired Direct to Drive, which offers PC games via direct download to your drive. It's kind of a Steam competitor. Gamefly already sent its customers games via snail mail, you know, the little like, you know, send them through the mail like Netflix. Its acquisition of Direct to Drive may give Gamefly a one two punch, similar to Netflix's online streaming. Thanks to the Moke for the tip, by the way. That's cool. Virtualization company Bluestacks wants to bring Android apps to Windows. Now, technically, you could already run Android apps on Windows if you run a virtual machine, but Bluestacks is gunning for a more seamless experience, uh, and its dream may come true because the company has raised around $7.6 million in funding. Android apps on Windows. Without virtualization. What's next? Cats and dogs programming for BlackBerry. Living together. And living together. Running yeah. Windows Phone 7 apps on Windows. All right. I think we may have found the name of our kicker segment. Ah! Uh, thanks to Josh Dill for sending in the randomizer. Randomizer. That actually yes! was, that was made by Josh Dill. And yes! that kind of solidified it. We might, we might tweak the name to randomize. Possibly. Possibly. I like randomizer. You like randomizer? Because we're running it. We're, we're, we're hitting the It's time the for the randomizer. We're stepping into the randomizer. What yeah. showed up on you the randomizer? This is a job for the randomizer. Yeah. It's like a wrestling guy. Coming out of the randomizer today. <laughs> oh, I wouldn't want to say coming out of if it's a guy. Um, the, Why not, Tom? The randomizer spit out. No, that doesn't work either. <laughs> um <laughs> From the From randomizer, the randomizer today, uh, a transformer that turns into a helicopter. It's a real life model thing, though, created by Nicholas Papanikopoulos. You just put this in, so I would try have to pronounce his Greek name. I, I try to I try to vote this out. Papanikolopoulos actually yeah, is his last name. Take a look name. at the video. Uh, the title is way more exciting. This is a model of a, a of a vehicle that can turn from a I guess a road vehicle to a helicopter. I mean, it works pretty well. But it's. I, I was hoping this was gonna be like some giant, like life size scale, you know, a really large thing. Yeah, I, it's not. It's a. It's We're a small or an ad. It's or an a, ad. It's an <laughs> ad for a car. That's what um, I was hoping. Like it was like like a car. It's with from a helicopter. Yeah. Which it's from forth. students at the University of Minnesota's Center for Distributed Robotics, uh, and it spends most of its time rolling around on the ground. But it there can, in fact, it's a it's a little model that will uh, convert itself into a flying helicopter. If you're, if you're watching thing. the video, it doesn't take too long. Maybe 10 seconds in, and it mounts itself up, starts kicking out the rotors, and then levitates up into the air. I love this. Like a helicopter. I mean, this is... Eventually. Go ahead. It takes a while. <laughs> if the little guy can do it, if the Transformers took this long to a transform, a big old robot yeah. can. They get destroyed. Yeah. Anyway, some cool stuff at the University of Minnesota. Go Golden Gophers. Time now for the calendar. Doo-doo-doo. So, TweetDeck, uh, that deal with Twitter, we talked about it yesterday. It closed last night. 
It's a real deal for 40 <sighs> to 50 oh, million, as expected. I I know. What a yawner. What a mm. snore. Good job. Well, congratulations, I mean, Tweet Deck. Yeah. They stuff. say that they're a Twitter property first, but they won't be getting rid of the other social networks anytime soon. <sighs> yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see what soon means. Yeah, exactly. It depends on what you mean by soon. Uh, Opera Mini 6 has been released for the iPad, iPhone, and iPod Touch. That's fun. Leo and I will check that out on iPad Today tomorrow. It's International Towel Day, everybody. Yay. Yeah. That was first celebrated in 2001, two weeks after the death of Douglas Adams. Ah, uh, We miss you, Douglas Adams. Absolutely. So happy International Towel Day to all of you and to all of you. Uh, it's been 50 years since uh, President John F. Kennedy's moonshot speech. One day, we'll, have we'll a- shoot the moon. Is that what he said to Congress? Yeah. Wait, that's not it. Something like, well. We're going to go to the moon. Soon. Uh, the, the Ruskies beat us to space and I'm mad. Yeah. yeah. But it happened. So, Kennedy, you're a prophet. Uh, Samsung Galaxy Tab 10.1 will ship with Android 3.1 on board. And it's said to be just a few days away. It's coming soon. The LG Revolution has finally gotten a date. It ships tomorrow, May 26, with Netflix for Android pre-installed. Pretty cool. New laws on websites and cookies come into effect in the EU. Uh, that's May 26. This relates to how businesses have to relay to people how, how they use cookies, how they collect information, how people can opt yeah, out. How to bake them. Uh, Gingerbread is finally coming to the Droid X. That's on Friday. Sprint and Motorola are holding an event on June 9th, but we don't know what they're going to talk about. Motorola doesn't do a whole lot with Sprint these days, so this is interesting. The shifting alliances. Free phones. The soap opera that is the world of mobile. The rebirth of Push to Talk from Motorola. (laughs) We're not getting any uh, magicians holding their breath in tanks of water this time, though, as far as we know. We don't know. Maybe that's what the event is about. We don't know. Maybe it is. AT&T is bringing LTE to five cities this summer. A few in uh, Texas, Dallas, Houston, and San Antonio, plus Chicago and Atlanta. So if you're a resident of any of those cities and you're an AT&T customer, congrats. Assuming you can get an LTE phone. Or that. Yep. Yeah. Some parameters. Finally, our emails to TNT at twit.tv. Drew wrote in and said, I was listening to your show last night and I heard how excited you were about how Windows Phone 7 will show you your email, SMS, and other messages in a single inbox. Uh, I would be remiss as a BlackBerry fanatic if I didn't mention that all black seri- Blackberries made in the past few years will show your emails, SMS, Facebook notifications, Twitter messages, and anything else that app developers want to include in your inbox. RIM publishes a global inbox API that lets developers add custom notifications into your inbox, but also allows users to determine what applications can and cannot fill your inbox. If you don't want to see them, just had to throw that out there. Love the show, Drew. So point one for the BlackBerry folks, although this is different than what Windows Phone was showing. Windows Phone was showing SMS, Facebook, and instant messages in one integrated display, and then emails in a unified inbox with multiple accounts showing up in one inbox. So the BlackBerry thing actually does more than the Windows well, phone. Well, it depends thing. on how much you like to keep emails separate from all of the more instant types of short messaging communications. But yes, sounds like RIM was on this before Windows was. So Microsoft is RIM still behind. RIM won the race. Don't want to leave we thought out. We thought Microsoft was behind Android and iOS. No, one more. They're behind Android, iOS, and... Blackberry OS. Mm-hmm. Just saying. Yep. I last. mean, Drew is just saying. Literally last place. Right. All right. We'll uh, if you, uh, we, uh, we got, I have another opportunity for you to be an angel investor. 
Yes. Uh, an angel with a brick. And you don't have to drop out of school. Yeah. You can fly and everything. Right. With the brick. Well, brick won't brick. weigh you down. No, no. It's a flying brick. It's a flying brick. You can buy a brick that will go into the lobby of our new studio at bricks.twit.tv. Uh, it's helping us to move into the studio a little faster. It helps underwrite it. And, and you get to leave your name. You know, in the cottage here, we really do have to stop people from writing their name on the wall with a Sharpie. So we, we put up a whiteboard for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but th- I think this is better because your name is permanently up there. It can't be wiped away. Well, it's part of the foundation of the new studio. Yeah. It's a real brick with your name. It's a emblazoned real on the side. Brick facing. Yeah. That will go come visit us, see the- your brick, take pictures. That's true. You can come visit your brick. Uh, <laughs> bring it flowers. Bring it flowers. Yeah, we'll leave it, it offerings. <laughs> in a nice temperature controlled area. Exactly. Uh, so check it out, bricks.twit.tv. If you do buy one, we really do thank you for your support. That's it for this edition of Tech News Today. We will be back tomorrow with an all new show. But until then, you can find us in our ever present, infinitely copyable web presence at twit.tv slash TNT. You can email us TNT at twit.tv or you can give us a call and leave us a voicemail. Keep it short. We might actually play it on the show, especially if it makes a lot of sense and is a cool idea. The number is 260-TNT-SHOW. Until tomorrow, adieu.